there are freshmen in the building. And we are safe in your we, in your studio. And we are tucked away in my office. Actually, it was pretty exciting this morning to see so many high school kids being bussed to our church yeah, on a Tuesday morning. It's really great. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the 23 Podcast here. Michael with Father Herb. And he's the freshman in the building. Uh, <laughs> I'm a freshman. No, so we have um, the freshman class, the class of 2025, I think. Uh, two, three, four, five. Yeah. So the class of 25 is here from Central Catholic High School. By by the way, we'll just say it. Central Catholic High School is the best Catholic high school in the area. You know, I'm not going to disagree. I did not go to any of the local high schools. As an alum of Central Catholic. You, you are. Yes. I'm allowed to say that. And I apologize to Father Jeff right now for that statement. But I stand by it. You're assuming Father Jeff listens to us. Oh, he does. I know. He oh, he'll, he'll hear about it, I'm <laughs> sure. But anyway, uh, they're having their freshman retreat in our building. There's nothing quite like getting out of the city and going to the, the serene, peaceful countryside for a day of quiet prayer and fasting. It's yeah, That's exactly it. We just <laughs> Actually, had, they just went outside eating eating pizza. pizza. We just had mass with them, which is great fun. Probably, Actually, probably most people that listen to the podcast don't know. I go to Central every week for Mass on Wednesday mornings. Uh, I, this is my third year doing that. I love it. I love being with the students. He not only goes to Mass, he plays the music at the Mass. I play the music at the Mass. Uh, and I get to work with, we've got a nice group of kids that help out with singing. In fact, even this morning, right before Mass, two of the girls that sing with me at school, they're both seniors that are here helping out with the retreat. They said, hey, can we sing? So I pivoted quickly and changed a bunch of songs to stuff they knew and then I had two singers with me at mass. That's today. beautiful. That's great. That's good. It, it's just it's good fun, and um, I just I love actually that, that that's great that they came up and volunteered. Yeah, there that's a lot of fun. So here we are heading into September, and September is the beginning of everything. Even though like Saint John the Twenty Third does not have a parish school, we are totally totally connected with the school calendar. Yeah, and. Uh, Labor Day means, well, nowadays school starts before Labor Day, right. but Labor Day usually means everything gears up. We have uh, all of our faith formation programs coming in the next two weeks. They get started, including the, the, the family disciples or the disciple families. What is it called? Family disciple groups. Family disciple groups. In fact, right before we recorded, Hillary and Aaron were working on assembling Put, groups. Putting the families today. into groups. It was kind of fun to see they've got it all spread out on a table and they're putting families together uh, that will be in, in groups this year. So yeah. that should be fun. There's that. And then the other thing I want to make a note of is RCIA starts very soon. Yeah. RCIA meets on Tuesdays and I did not want to start the very day after Labor Day. I have found most people are just kind of like uh, thinking differently. Sure. Up till Labor Day. And Easter is not super early this year. Right. So it's going to be the, the 14th of September instead of the 7th of September. But uh, there are many people who always discover RCIA around late September or early October. And I'm saying this year, hey, guys, let us know so you can get in at the beginning. Sure. But By uh, the way, yeah. just in case somebody that's listening doesn't know, what is RCIA? RCIA. Oh, I went to buy a TV once. This was years ago, and I wanted to buy... An RCA? RCIA. And I said, do you have an RCIA there? <laughs> I did. Uh, anyway... In the early church, they had a, a period of time in preparation to become uh, a Christian because most people are non-Christian. Yeah. And it was called the catechumenate. So back in the 19, 
70s after the Vatican Council when they were trying to say, let's let's regroup in the way the early church did to have adults join the church. Mm -hmm. They said, we have Christian initiation of children. That's our normal baptism, but adults need to go through some process. Yeah. And so they called it the CIA, Christian Initiation of Adults. And they <laughs> no, I did not know this. Yeah, and they figured in the United States that would not fly real well. Oh, the Catholic Church has its own C CIA. This is a real story? This is a real story. This is great. And so they said, well, there are rights, R-I-T-E-S, there are rights involved. So they so changed it to they, they FBI. They changed it to <laughs> yeah, <around> the <laughs> FBI. <laughs> no, the, the right of Christian initiation of adults. And it's more than just a, a series of classes or a textbook. Yeah. It's really tried to help. It tries to help people get a feel for uh, how Catholics live. The uh, Everything from learning different ways of praying to becoming familiar and comfortable with the Mass, the moral teachings. Sure. Uh, Catholicism is more than what people think a religion is. I think it's a religion in the full sense, but it's also an acculturation. And it really takes kind of an immersion. So it's done as a group. People have sponsors. It's really a quality, quality program. You know, that as you were saying that, it reminds me in some ways of even what I experienced this morning at Mass with the freshman from Central Catholic because there's a large group of students that are not Catholic. They didn't grow up in the Catholic tradition. So, you know, for many of them, these first couple of masses of the school year are their first introduction yeah. to going right. to mass. And it's probably, it's a mystery in the that sense of the word mystery. We use the word mystery in a different sense. Sure. Yeah, it's also a um, very important place to start. In the RCIA, that's really where, what they say is, uh, when you come to towards the end of the the whole process, mm -hmm. the prayer says, "Okay, you have prayed with us, and you've studied with us, but the praying comes first. Sure, you have prayed with us. Now, do you want to join? So, if somebody wants to join the RCIA and explore becoming Catholic this year, what's the next? And step? by the way, that's the right word, explore. We don't make any assumptions that if they join RCIA, they've already become Catholic. Sure. It's a process and it's very open-ended. We do ask people to take it seriously, uh, to attend regularly and give it a good shot, not just to attend one session and quit. Sure. But I'm the contact person. We have a team of eight people, but I personally lead it every week every almost all the sessions yeah but different members of the group might lead a, a prayer reflection share different examples if we if we're large enough and break into groups which we sometimes do mm -hmm. they help do that so it's a kind of a combination of many things but they would simply contact me okay you know you know the number to get a hold of him Nine one one. No, no. <laughs> the con just go to twenty three dot church. Oh, that's oh, that's it. That's it. As easy as it gets. And speaking of twenty three, did you notice this coming Sunday? Now that's the best segue I've had in a long that time. That was pretty good. You know, as I was as I was planning masses for this fall, there are a couple of fun things. We we will have this fall the twenty sixth Sunday on September twenty sixth. We'll also have the thirty first Sunday on October thirty first. There are, there that, are, that is pretty cool. Yeah, but and, that didn't help your segue. I'm sorry. And the thirty third Sunday on. <laughs> well, then we're in the twenty. In November, zone. no, uh, this coming Sunday, uh, September fifth, is the twenty third Sunday of Ordinary Time. Here we are. Here we are. Labor Day weekend, and we have some wonderful readings. People know that we spend some time during the summer on the Gospel of John, chapter six. Sure. But as of last week, we're back into Mark. 
and we returned in chapter seven, mm -hmm. which is what we just had last week. So we are in chapter seven again this week. I would say this week and next week need to be taken together. So, uh, is I, this week the direct continuation? No, there's a we, little, little spot that there we is. Let me see. I think we have about eight verses skipped. All right. So that there's our homework, but, but that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying from this week to the following week. Oh, from, from the September from the 5th thir to the from 12th. From the 5th to the 12th. Okay. Yeah, are you, okay. Are you I'm following me? you. Okay. September 5th. Let's read the gospel of Mark and, uh, Listen, I say that closely because it's about a person who can't hear. I'm listening. Listen, and we're going to talk about what it means to listen. Yes. And then I'm going to tell a story about what you told me once about listening. Okay. I don't. You don't. You I have don't no know. idea what I'm talking about. I don't know where we're going. Uh, well, with that in mind, I'll let you read the first half, and then I get the. You can read all the way up to where Jesus spits. Okay. <laughs> he always gives me the good part. All right. So we are Mark chapter seven, starting at verse. 31. Again, Jesus left the district of Tyre and went by way of Sidon to the Sea of Galilee into the district of the Decapolis. And people brought to him a deaf man who had a speech impediment and begged him to lay his hand on him. He took him off by himself away from the crowd. He put his finger into the man's ears and spitting touched his tongue. Then he looked up to heaven and groaned and said to him, Ephatha, that is, be opened. And immediately the man's ears were opened. His speech impediment was removed and he spoke plainly. Jesus ordered them not to tell anyone, but the more he ordered them not to, the more they proclaimed it. They were exceedingly astonished and they said, he has done all things well. He makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. By the way, I use that line all the time about you. He has done all things well. That's really funny because I was thinking about saying, man, if I could just hear those kinds of affirmations from you. <laughs> but I, I restrain myself. Well, I don't say it to you. <laughs> oh, just about me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we've got many things. This is, I love these images where they're kind of visceral, you know, like he's, Jesus is spitting, just like during the summer when we talked about Jesus saying, eat my flesh and drink my blood. Yeah. You know, sometimes I think we, we water down the, the, the earthiness of the scriptures. Hmm. Now you have to be very careful about when you talk about saliva and spit, because Jesus uses that in several of his healings. Mm -hmm. Do you recall ever seeing uh, a cat lick itself down? Of course. Oh, yeah. Cats clean themselves. Okay. Dogs clean themselves. But have you ever seen a wounded cat uh, licking the wound? Uh, I think so. When I was a kid, we grew up on a farm, and so we had barn cats. Yeah. And we never knew quite how many we had. They would, uh, <laughs> they would propagate. Uh, and sometimes we had half a dozen, sometimes fewer. And... I can recall very well one of our cats, and they were pretty tame because we kids played with them. Yeah, uh, They were not feral. Uh, but I remember one cat somehow got injured, and the skin was sort of torn. It was not deep, but the skin was torn. Mm -hmm. And we kids were very concerned about that. We even talked about, do you put a Band-Aid on it? <laughs> and, and then the, the other cat, the mother cat, and then one of the sibling cats yeah. came, and they licked it. And they licked it, and pretty soon... 
it, it, they got the skin back in place. It was kind of like loose skin on the on the leg or whatever it was. Yeah. They got it back in place, and then it healed re- rather quickly. Now, first of all, it was beautiful that the, they would, I mean, if you have somebody else come and lick your wounds, yeah. that, that's pretty gross among human to human. Not, not something I would typically do. Right. Uh, but they did that because they, that was the best they could do. But there is something in saliva that is a healing agent. Really? Yeah. I mean, didn't you ever notice that? If you ever cut your lip, you kind of lick it a little bit. Yeah. It, it kind of heals really fast. Or if you ever bite your tongue. Have it, oh, yeah. I did that just the other day, and I thought, I thought I had outgrown that. I guess it still happens. <laughs> or maybe the, maybe or I'm the, going into next another childhood. <laughs> or the inside of your cheek. If you get the inside of your cheek while you're chewing on something, that hurts, yeah. too. But anyway, those always heal so fast. Saliva has a healing agent in it. Okay. So Jesus used a healing agent. Now, remember, Jesus was in the Decapolis. What, is, is, what was that? That was a series of 10 villages, and I'll call them villages, 10 towns. Uh-huh. And uh, it was kind of a Greek, it's a Greek word. So it was in the area that was not just pristine Jewish territory. Okay. It's, it's kind of in the... I might have my geography wrong, so I don't want to mislead anybody. But I believe it was, it was in the northern section near Galilee, but a little bit towards the, towards the east. And even here in the scripture, they refer to it as the district of the Decapolis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, so they were Greek, and the Greeks believed in the healing power of the saliva, so they were okay with it. Okay. So that made all the sense. But so so Jesus puts his finger into the man's ears, which is pretty cool. And then spitting touched his tongue, which does not sound so cool. Not great. And yet that's the image that he used. But here's the thing I like about this. Jesus took the man aside. He did not say, okay, everybody gather around. I want you to see this wonderful healing that I'm about to do. Yeah. He took him aside, not because of a sense of privacy, but because he did not want to be all about show and pizzazz. Mm-hmm. You know the the song, uh, Give the Raz, Raz, Razzmatazz? Give, give him the old razzle-dazzle. Razzle-dazzle, yeah, the one from the Chica- musical Chicago. Chicago yeah. The razzle-dazzle. That's exactly what Jesus did not do. There were apparently at the time of Jesus other itinerant healers. They would walk around healing people. Some of, some of them were probably charlatans. Some of them probably used uh, herbal healing. Who knows what they did? Okay. But there was different things going on. But they were pretty much all about show. Mm. Jesus was the opposite because his goal was never to have people believe in the miracle. He wanted people to reach the person who did the miracle. Right. And that is a major difference. And so it's in Mark's gospel more than the others. He plays it down. It's almost like I don't want people to know who I am yet. They're not ready because they're come, they will come to the wrong conclusion. So he takes the man aside, no show. Nonetheless, everybody finds out. Right. And he says, don't talk about it. So what do they do? They keep talking about it. They proclaim it everywhere. Right. Now, do you, do you think that he knew that they were going to do that if he told them? Was it like a... A reverse psychology? Yeah. No. 
Uh, I sure he probably knew it, but did he do that for that purpose? No, he did not want people to talk about it. And in in Mark's gospel, it's like a, there's a slow reveal of who Jesus is. Mm -hmm. It goes through the gospel slowly to discover who Jesus is and what he's all about. And that's why I say this week's gospel and next week's gospel are connected. I was just reflecting on next week's gospel. Yesterday. Well, you're going to have them excited to tune in. Tune for, in. For, for next week's 23 podcast. Well, I was looking at those readings because I was starting to... Try plan, to plan ahead. Plan. Believe it or not, Michael even Ag- plans ahead. And this is late for me. I don't usually wait this long, but it's been a busy month. Um, but trying to, to look. So yes, stay tuned. Yeah, because on the 20, we're, this is the 23rd Sunday, Ordinary Time. 24th Sunday is the beginning of the reveal. And I don't know. Have you have you discovered how many people are having reveals these days? Well, as soon as you say that, I think about all the shows on HGTV where they do the big reveal at the end of after they fix your house in forty five minutes. Flat. I wasn't even thinking of that one, but somebody the <laughs> other day told me that they were going to have the reveal, and uh, the the couple expecting their first child, they're going to have a party and reveal oh gender reveal. the gender of the child. Yeah, and then of course there are the reveals between a bride and groom. Uh, seeing each other's clothes, you know, they, they, Oh, sure. Yeah. And we see it sometimes before a wedding here where the photographer gets, you know, the six bridesmaids all lined up in church and they have to look the other way. Yeah. And then the bride comes walking in behind them. And then the photographer wants to catch it, of course, as a picture. So sure. photographer says, okay, now turn around and they look and it's the moment of reveal when they first see the bride in her dress. And the girls better have a good facial expression. Otherwise the picture's, not worth anything. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah, they, I always wonder what's going through their minds at that time. Yes. Do, should I overreact? Oh, no. Right. She, she picked the same dress I was going to pick. <laughs> Wait, this isn't the bride. I'm at the wrong wedding. <laughs> yeah. oh, I, did I ever tell you that? This is, this is not a segue. This is a tangent. Okay, go ahead. But I, was at, I had a wedding, and I went to the reception, uh-huh. and I got to the wrong reception. No. Well, at least you were at the uh, right It was wedding. a place that had a couple reception halls side by side, <laughs> and I drove up. And I thought, I can't believe the bridesmaids changed dresses between the wedding and the reception. <laughs> and then I thought, but none of them look familiar either. So they must have changed their hair and everything else. Oh, that's great. And then I drove around the corner and there was the other entrance. And you realized the first one had better food. So you went back to no, the No, 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 I did not. You did it. I did know. walk into it once. And I actually was in the building before I realized I was in the wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> Those are, you know, I'm sure you have many good stories from over the years. Yeah. So as Father said, next week, stay tuned, or maybe do a little homework ahead of time, but this will segue Okay, nicely. now quickly, I said something about, I'm going to talk about what you said about hearing and listening. Oh yeah, what did I say? You, you listen to me? Well, I did back then. That was That was years. when we first knew each you other. You made a comment about a good chorus or a good choral singer yeah. listens more than they sing. I mean, they sing, obviously. Sure. Their voice is important, but they have to hear all the other singers. Sure. And I, I think the... So when we're talking about uh, being restored hearing, it's not just the physical ability to hear sounds or noise. It's also the spiritual insight to discern what's going on around us and to to take out the thread of of the message of God that comes to us. So it's not just physical hearing. And so this is where we have to take this miracle to another step and say, how do we learn to listen? Let me, can I throw another image at you? Please do. I like to learn from you once every 10 years. So when I was taking uh, a class, I took a two day class on mix, like church mixing, like mixing live sound. And 
one of the things that the teacher of the class said was that many times what happens in any live sound setting is somebody says, oh, I can't hear the guitar. So they turn up the guitar. They said, oh, I, I can't hear the singer. So they turn up the singer. Oh, now I can't hear the piano. So they turn up the piano. And we keep turning things up and we turning things up and turning things up. And all of a sudden you haven't fixed anything. Now everything's just loud. When the real problem in the first place is that something needed to get turned down because it was in the way of, of the one thing that you're trying to turn up the first time. And that was profound to me on many levels because... Getting something out of the way because it prevents you from hearing what you need to hear. Exactly. I like that. So how many times do we... I, can I use that in homily and say that that was my discovery? How about you let me get up <laughs> and I'll tell that part of the story. But it's true. And that happens in, in live sound all the time. Even when we, like here in the church, when we mix our monitors. By so, the way, as Michael says that, he's pointing to the I'm church. I'm pointing to the church. I'm, yeah. I'm very animated with my hands but even like if we mix our monitors here in the church like what we personally hear while we're playing a lot of times if i can't hear something that i need to hear i've learned to turn something down first yeah. before i turn something up and, and just as a quick aside people don't always know there's two sets of sound we have the sound that people hear in the physical space of the church building sure and then there's the sound that goes out uh through cyberspace for the streaming right and then each every musician has their own mix yeah, as but well. i mean yeah and so there has to be a mix for both of those and right it is different but anyway with all of that being said I, you apply that to our spiritual life and i think a lot of times we try to turn things up or we say oh, gosh i need to hear the voice of jesus more so i want to tune into him more but sometimes we forget that some things may be distracting us from hearing him so we need to turn those down so that they aren't getting in the way the other night i was sitting there and I didn't have music on. I didn't have TV on. Yeah. I wasn't even singing to myself. <laughs> do you do humming. that often? No. Oh. I do sometimes when I'm walking. Yeah. And it was nice just to take in the quiet. Yeah. I was struck by that when we were on vacation in July. We were in the middle of the National Forest up in the Upper Peninsula. There was no traffic. There was nothing but just quiet in the mornings. Uh, just the sounds of the birds. It was really the, incredible. The, the sounds of silence. Oh, that's a good song. All right, friends. We hope you have a great week. We'll see you this weekend. Uh, if you're traveling for Labor Day, we pray that you will be safe, and we will see you when you're back. God bless all of you.